Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan, Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for those who have tuned in to today's podcast. We lift up Roy and Kelly Ellis McNeil, who both tested positive for COVID. We lift up Christine as she is constantly being outbid for a house. We lift up One True Kingdom Ministries, as well as the Movement Ministry, and First Baptist Mason City. We pray that your word will go forward. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do. In the name of the Great Shepherd of the Sheep, Jesus Christ, amen. Today, I want to discuss the anointing, as well as the anointed. Anointing is a ritual of pouring aromatic oil over a person's head or entire body. In the Old Testament, God gave Moses a recipe for the anointing oil, found in Exodus 30, 23, and 24. It reads, Also take for yourself quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much sweet-smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels, and also 250 shekels of sweet-smelling calamus, 500 shekels of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hen of olive oil. In today's measurement, this would be about 13 pounds of myrrh, which is a fragrant gum secreted by a small balsam tree native to Arabia. This would be 6 pounds of cinnamon, a spice that only grows in India and China. This would also be 6 pounds of calamus, an oriental plant from India, also called sweet cane. The sweetness refers to the scent, not the taste. 13 pounds of cassia. This was the peeled bark from a tree resembling the cinnamon tree. A hen of olive oil is two gallons. In the Old Testament, the anointing oil symbolized the Holy Spirit. I'll get to the Holy Spirit in just a minute. Moses used the anointing oil to anoint Aaron and his sons, thus establishing the priesthood in Exodus 40, verse 15. At my church in Birmingham, a bottle of plain olive oil was kept at the pulpit. Many were anointed with it, including myself. I would have loved to have been anointed with God's recipe for anointing oil. After the establishment of the priesthood with Aaron and his sons, it seems that only the high priest was anointed as mentioned in Leviticus 16.32. Prophets were also anointed to their offices, as Elijah anointed Elisha in 1 Kings 19.16. Kings were also anointed, as Samuel anointed Saul to be Israel's first king in 1 Samuel 10 and 1, which says, Then Samuel took the flask of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? My friends, Israel wanted a king like the nations that surrounded them. But Saul did not have a relationship with God. This goes to show that although you may have been anointed, it doesn't mean that you have the anointing. I think I need to say that again. Just because you've been anointed doesn't mean you have the anointing. Samuel would also anoint David, as David would be anointed king three times. The first anointing was private, while Saul remained king found in 1 Samuel 16, 1-13. The second time David was anointed, found in 2 Samuel 2, 1-4, was after the death of Saul, as the men from the tribe of Judah anointed David. Meanwhile, Saul's general, Abner, made Saul's son king. 
This would lead to civil war, with Abner later conceding to David. David would be anointed king the third time in 2 Samuel 5 and 3. David had his son Solomon anointed king in 1 Kings 1, 32-40. Inanimate objects were also anointed with oil, as the tabernacle was anointed in Exodus 30, verses 26-28. Jacob anointed a pillar at Bethel in Genesis 31, 13. Now anointing the body or head was a common practice with the Jews. Naomi instructed Ruth to wash and anoint herself in Ruth 3 and 3. To abstain from anointing was a sign of mourning, and to resume it meant mourning had ended. When David's love child with Bathsheba died, David, in 2 Samuel 12 and 20, got up, washed himself, and anointed himself. Daniel was in mourning three weeks and did not anoint himself in Daniel 10:3. When Jesus taught on fasting in Matthew 6, 16 through 18, he says in verse 17, But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. My friends, anointing oneself was a daily part of life as the olive oil protected the skin against the harsh sun of Palestine. Anointing the head of a guest showed honor, as David writes in Psalm 23 and 5, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. My Christian companions, Jesus had this to say to the Pharisee in Luke 7, 44 through 46. It reads, He turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Folks, when guests would come for dinner, water was provided to wash the dust off the feet. This was a sign of a good host. Wealthy hosts had slaves to wash the feet of guests, but Simon provided neither for Jesus. In addition to anointing of guests, anointing was also used for the sick to recover. James 5.14 teaches, Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. The twelve also used oil for medicinal purposes, as reported in Mark 6.13. It says, And they cast out many demons, and anointed with oil many who were sick, and healed them. Now, my friends, I want to address the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There is some confusion on this topic, as some have commented that they refuse to be anointed by the Holy Spirit for fear of speaking in tongues, healing the sick, or discovering an unknown spiritual gift. Here's what the Bible has to say. The Apostle John says that all believers have been anointed with the Holy Spirit. Listen to what 1 John 2, verses 20 and verse 27 proclaims. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Verse 27 says, But the anointing which you received from Him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, it is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. My Christian friends, these verses teach that the Holy Spirit resides in believers, and believers will be able to discern false teachers and the Antichrist. New Testament anointing in the Holy Spirit is common to all believers. Even though some Christians 
may not be walking in the anointing God has given them. There are some who believe that you can lose your anointing, but 2 Corinthians 1 verses 21 and 22 confirms that you cannot lose it. It says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also sealed us and has given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. My Christian comrades, we've been established, we've been anointed, we've been sealed, and we've been guaranteed. It's like we've been put in a box, wrapped in bubble wrap, placed in another box, and shipped special delivery in an armored car. No, my friends, we can't lose our anointing. We can choose to live our lives outside this anointing, but who would want to do that? So what is the anointing supposed to do? Listen to what Peter says about Jesus' anointing in Acts 10.38. It reads, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. My friends, Jesus was anointed for the work of the ministry, and so are we. Once we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, we are taught God's truths. The Holy Spirit was promised to us to teach us and to help us remember what we've been taught and to guide us in all truths, as written in John 14:26 and John 16:13. And finally, my Christian friends, the word Christ means the anointed. One of the most misquoted verses in the Bible is found in Philippians 4:13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I hear it quoted as, through Christ, who strengthens me? So what's the big deal? The word which versus the word who? Well, I'll tell you. Which refers to the anointing and who refers to Jesus. Y'all missed that. It is the anointing that makes us strong when we are weak. It is the anointing which prepares us for ministry. It is the anointing which allows us to do good to everyone we come in contact. It is the anointing which will destroy the yoke. It is the anointing which will make you love your enemies. It is the anointing which will encourage you to visit the sick and those in prison. It is the anointing which will bless you to feed the hungry. Now, if you want the anointing of the Holy Spirit, will you give your life to Jesus Christ? If so, pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for the anointing which is given to all believers. I put my trust in you, Lord. Bless me, anoint me, Seal me and take me to heaven when I die. In the name of the resurrection and the life, amen. I encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church. Send your prayer requests as well as your praise reports to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. This ministry is supported by friends like you. If you'd like to donate to us, Go to greatministries.org, click on the Donate button. You may also write to us at P.O. Box 1654, Lilburn, Georgia, 30048, or call us at 678-693-2204. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.